0: Shalom, and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class.
1: We've been talking about the first paragraph of the Amidah, and I will yield to Terry's request that we should do some halacha. Terry said, could we see that source? So um, I think maybe for the next two, possibly three sessions, we will be looking at the halachot of how to say the Amida, first paragraph and other things, m- much more about the amida in the Shulchan Aruch. Does that sound like an okay thing to do? That's what we're gonna do, okay. Um, and just remind people Shulchan Aruch is seen as the authoritative code of Jewish law from the, uh, I always get my 1500s and my 1600s mixed up. So one of those centuries, um, written by Rav Yosef Karo, uh and, Sfat. and again, he wrote Sephardi minhag. He was Sephardi. It reached Eastern Europe. The Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Israelis, wrote his comments on the Shulchan Aruch where, um, where Ashkenazi practice differed from Sephardi practice. So they're printed in different fonts so that we can distinguish them. And of course, the Shulchan Aruch looks like other holy Jewish books, the standard edition with the text in the middle and commentaries around it but well, we will have our Safari edition, which is available online and free. And let me just see, uh, how do I screen share again? Where is it? Share, that's what I do. I go to share I go to... Okay, can you see my screen there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very small. And... Okay, well, then you have to enlarge it with your fingers on your screen, Alana, not much I can do.
0: Oh, sorry, awesome. I need to mute myself
1: that's okay so um and by the way you know this is not a specialty thing Safaria.org. it's free it's so much jewish wisdom at your fingertips so you can find this on your own you click on go to safari.org you click on halakha and then I have a list of many different halakha books and you click on the shulchan aruch so the laws of the amida start around chapter 90 chapter is called in hebrew siman in in not in modern Hebrew, but in, in halacha books. Okay. And it starts with where you should pray. And I'm going to skip. So people who get dizzy, don't look now because I'm going to go like this. Okay. Because a lot of this is about, um, where, you know, you make a minion somewhere out in the fields, where you're allowed to do it, where you shouldn't do it. So we're not going to read that stuff because most of us are davening either in shul or on Zoom in our homes. Okay, paragraph nine. Yishtadel Adam, by the way, all these things are about prayer, but again, this is all about, it's not about about prayer in general, it's about tefillah, the tefillah, the prayer, which means the Amidah. So all of this is about the Amidah because when in in this section of the Shachlan Aruch, when it says to pray, what they mean is to say the Amidah. Again, originally, let's just say in Mishnah. Mishnah's times, maybe the Shema and the Amida were not necessarily coupled. You said Shema um, in the Mishnah times um, in, at dawn, you might be home, you might be anywhere, you could be on your way to work, you could be at work, and that was separate from the Amida, which was said only when the sun starts to rise, when the sun starts to peak after the horizon, right? So it's not clear to us at all that 2,000 years ago, people had a service that looked anything like our service, right? So, um, this is just about the Amidah, which they call the Tfilah. So, anytime it says to pray, it means say the Amidah. Yishtadel Adam Palel Hakneset, that's the BH, A person should try to get to Shul, to daven with the congregation. But if you're under some compulsion, you can't make it. You know, you have a work appointment, it's too far, uh, physical reasons, all kinds of things. A person should try the intention, you should try to daven when the congregation is davening. So you should try to daven your shafri at the time when there's a minion davening. Okay, in smaller font, vehu hadin—that's the hey hey—vehu hadin so bnei Adam hadarim beyishuvim v'ein lahem minyan. this is the law: if people live in settlements, which sort of means little villages, and they don't have a minyan, what if they live in a place where there is no minyan? Mem mem is mikol makom. At any rate, yidpalalu shacharit va'arvit. Palim, they should pray Shafri and Mariv at the time when the congregation is Davening. Meaning you're in your office or at home or wherever you are, some town where there is no minion, you should try make an effort to pry to pray at minion time. Okay? Avi? And for those who Hold on a second. For those who are interested in the Hebrew, you see it says after me, Paulim, Mem, Gimel, right before the bracket. That is called, that stands for Sefer, Mitzvot, Gadol, which is a medieval halacha book. So basically, here, just so you understand how it works, the Ramah, the Ashkenazi authority, is adding something. That's what's in the brackets. And he tells you what the source is, or maybe the editor tells you what the source is. So the Ramah is citing the Sefer Mitzvot Kadol, saying, hey, if you live in a place where you don't have, a, it's not only in my city where Shul is two blocks away, but I don't make it to Shul. I should try to daven at the same time as the Tzibur. By the way, I don't think he has a reason here, but the um I think the Talmud talks about that. That's because it is seen that our prayers are more acceptable to God, as it were, if we are joining our prayers to a community, And if we're not doing that by actually being there physically, then we at least try to do that by doing it at the same time as a community. So you're having the intention. I know they're davening in shul now, and I'm joining my prayers to theirs. Okay? Similarly, if you live in a place that just doesn't have a minion, can't find a minion, you still daven at the time when, when I guess I would say, people in your time zone would be davening. Let me just finish this paragraph, and then I'll pause for questions. Bechein, imne enas. If something happened, compulsion means not under his control. You know, you were going to go to shul and then your child had a nosebleed and it delayed you and then that that time of shul davening is over. And you're praying individually. Even so, it is preferable to pray in shul. Meaning, even if you're not praying at the time when the congregation does it's preferable if you can to pray where the congregation prayed okay this is like a uh i don't know camp rama thing summer camp thing if you're davening on your own you missed davening time you're early or late usually you'd be late it's preferable to go daven in the place that is designated as the synagogue, in a place like Temple Betham with security guards, etc., it would be hard to do that, and they'd be using the room for something else. But the Shachan Aruch is saying, that's what is preferable, right? So as a way of embodying that, enacting, um, embodying, halakhically doing, that I am, even though I'm praying individually, I think of myself as part of a community. It's preferable to daven, what's the best thing? to go daven with the community. Second best thing, if I can, is to daven at the same time as they do. Third best thing, if I miss that time, is to at least go daven in the place where the community davened. All of these things enact or represent that I am being part of the Jewish people. Okay, now I'll pause for question or comment. Avi? Avi? It occurs to me that, yeah. this, that this... Just so you know, I can, because of screen sharing, I can't see everyone. You don't all fit on my screen. So if you want a question or comment, you just have to jump in. I won't call on you. Go ahead, Mike. It it it, it occurs to me that this the first paragraph that you read, while not supporting necessarily counting people on Zoom for a minion, it would make that certainly not only acceptable, but but a, a, a very good thing to do because that way you can dive in at precisely the same time. As the congregation. Yes, yes. By the way, um, as we talked about months and months ago, a year ago, who knew it would be so long? um, There is all kinds of halakha behind Zoom Minion um, because uh, the law codes talk about if you're outside the synagogue, this is the, the basis of a Zoom Minion is if you're out, the law codes say, if you're outside the synagogue, but you could hear them, the Minion davening, and you see them through the window... You may join the minion, okay? And all these halakhic sources talk about is the window actually, meaning does the computer count as a window? The people who don't do Zoom Minyanim say, no, computer does not count as a window. And the people who do Zoom Minyanim halakhically say, there's no difference between seeing someone electronically on what we call a window, even though that's not what the Shulchan Aruch means when it calls it a window, Remember, their windows probably weren't glazed. They probably didn't have glass. They were just open apertures, right? So it's like you're outside the shul. You hear the minion. You see the people from the minion. You're saying in your mind, I am joining the minion to say Kaddish or to answer kadusha or whatever, even if you're not actually in the room with them. The other halacha is about if people, 10 people see each other in a field, they aren't really in one place. We're all out in the fields. Scattered and 10 people can see each other. Can they join in a mania? Okay. Any other comments, questions?
0: Yes, uh, Avi, can I ask you a favor? Um, I think several people, including me, are having this difficulty. No matter what we do on our screen, the text is quite small. If you look at the top of the address bar, it's only at 80%. Can you maybe get to 100% size?
1: Okay. How do I do that? Click on I 80%. Think if you click- Oh, look at
0: that. just got a little bigger.
1: Oh, it did? Okay. Yes. Good. Good. Okay. You have to put on reading glasses and then the reading glasses on top of your reading glasses. Kisha Omeid Im Hatsibur. So, again, this previous paragraph was all about making yourself a part of the community, meaning I'm not... I'm not only doing this on my own to pray to God, I'm making myself part of a community. And now we have other laws along that theme. So when you stand up in shul to say the Amida, you shouldn't start your Amida before the Kahal does. This is hard for me, by the way, because my first paragraph of the Amida is very long in terms of my kavana, and I'd really like To And I can daven faster if I want. So I'd really like to, you know, by the time the minion is saying Ezrat Avotenu, I'd like to be standing up and starting my Amida. Um, But you can't do that. okay? so actually what I do, just so you know, is I do hurry up to finish all the Ezrat Avotenu stuff. And then I stand um, and then I do my own preparation for the Amida, my own meditation thing, so that I'm then ready to start the first bracha when the kahal does, that's kind of how I enact this. Okay, so you can't start beforehand. By the way, well, let me let's finish it. Ela'im im kain alaf alaf kaf. Ella im kain hasha'ah over the hatzibur mit palalim. That's funny, but you can start early if you know what they're draying around in shul, and your your app says that the latest time to say the amida is. Let's see what time it is today. I don't know. It doesn't say, but it could either be three hours or four hours. So it's like, it's 9.45. The time, you know, the time for the Amida is passing and they are having a sermon, having a Kavanah, saying Pew team, Okay. And you, and, and at that point, you're allowed to, in quotes, leave the Kahal, break off and say, you know what? I'm going to dive in the Amida before the time passes. I can't wait for these people. Okay. Aval brackets below sha'a overet, but if the time is not passing, meaning you're not going to miss your whatever it is, you know, again, however the clock falls out, 9.30 or 10.30 or whatever, cut off time for saying the Amidah, that's a whole halachic issue. What time at mid-morning is when it's too late to say the Amidah, because it's the morning prayer, and there's a whole halachic debate about that, so we're not going to get into that, but whatever that time is, if the time is not passing... <clears throat> Yitpalel ha should hathinot imhatsibur, yifrosh a Right? You should dive in along with it. they're draying around. It's Rosh Hashanah. They're saying all of these pu team. The Khazan is singing. It's taking forever. It's driving you crazy. You just want to get up and say your Amida and read a or or read a book. <laughs> that you brought with you. The Ramah says, nope, you stay with the Tzibur. As long as it's not for a halachic reason, the time is passing, as long as it's only for your impatience or aesthetic reason, you stay with the Tzibur. You don't say you're Amidah early. You might say, look, I want to daven and then I'm going to sit and I'll study a page of Gemara while I'm waiting for them to dray around. Not supposed to do that. Everyone with me? Okay, I love this. Mitzvah la roots lebeit hakneset. Run to shul. V'chein lecholt var mitzvah, and for any mitzvah, afil shasur Even on Shabbos, when you're not supposed to walk with your weekday hurry walk, even on Shabbos you can walk fast to go to shul. Aval k'sher tsemi hakneset asur la roots but you don't run when you're leaving synagogue. What's the aesthetic? I am eager to get to this mitzvah, right? And I don't show, and I don't demonstrate that I'm I'm rushing away from the mitzvah, okay? Their shuls had wooden floors. Mutar larok b'veit hakneset vidur so biraglo. You're allowed to spit in shul and you rub it into the dirt. I don't think we would do that in our time, okay? But I thought I should include it because I thought it was kind of charming. Yashkim adam lebayt akneset Kadei shayimane im ha-yud It's good to be counted in the first 10 people, okay? You should get up early in order to be part of that first 10 people. It's like an extra, you know, just, it's a, we would call it not a halacha, but a, a desideratum, okay? Mm-hmm. Sorry. By the way, um, this has to do with yeshivas. Beit HaMidrash Kavua Kadosh Yotermi Beit Haknesset. A Beit Midrash, place where people study Torah, a fixed Beit Midrash, which means not just we're studying Torah together in my house, right? but a fixed Beit Midrash is holier than a shul. Unitsvallahit Palelbo Yotermi Beit HaKneset, Behu Shi'it Bit Asara. Right. So if you're this is yeshiva bachers, they're in the Beit Midrash or you're in day school or in the day school library or whatever. You want to have a minion there. It's preferable to stay there and have a minion rather than go into a room or a building that is designated as the shul. OK, Um, scrolling down. OK, your this applies. Yes, please. Uh Uh-huh. you got to jump in. I can't see you. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, So this may be a little bit sensitive. But um, there are places where the fixed place for a minion, whether it be a big midrash or a chapel or whatever, is sometimes not available because of the schedule of the building. You probably know what I mean. No, but what I'm talking about, what they're talking about is... I think it, it, it's not saying you should go seek out a Beit Midrash to daven in. I think what it means is if you're in a Beit Midrash, you're studying, you don't say, and it's minion time, you don't say, oh, we need to go into <clears throat> chapel to go daven. It's minion time. You daven there, the minion daven's in the Beit Midrash. I see. So this is not saying that it's good to have a Makom kavua. For davening, that, well, that wasn't your question, nor does it address that. I think what it says is, if you're in the Beit Midrash, you are a Talmud Chacham. You're in the Beit Midrash. many times or time arrives. People don't need to say, "Oh, we have to go into the shul room to daven." The I fact mean, that you are studying there I mean, elevates the place to a higher level of holiness than a place that's only a davening place. It's fine to daven there, uh, not yep. a fine, it's preferable to daven there. Uh, at the appropriate time, I'd like to ask the question about Makom Kavua. Okay, well, we're, we're getting to some Makom Kavua issues here. So, paragraph 19. Yikba Makom Yishanehu You should have a fixed place to daven. Right. So this is why we're in in our meaning. Right. We all we all know what it means when you come to your seat in Shul and you feel, you know, a sense of comfort in that zone. Um, And some of the time new people come to Shul, people are rotating in saying Kaddish and they sit in your seat, which means if you're a new person coming in to say Kaddish or for any other reason, you might ask the gabbai or a regular, where is a good place where I might sit, right? Because if you are sitting in someone else's usual zone, it could be their usual chair or their usual zone. By the way, this is probably the origin of the practice in synagogues that there are plaques on seats, right? It's It's a fundraiser, but it's basically based on the idea that people focus better if they are in some... Comfort zone. Part of the comfort zone is if you're a front row person, you're a front row person. If you're a back row person, you're a back row person. Um, and I think we all have a sense of what that means, right? Are like I'm in a zone. I'm I'm physically comfortable. It's my red location. Most of us intuitively do this, by the way. Most people don't randomly move around the room. One day I'm on the left side. One day I'm on the right side. Okay. So you should have a Makom Kavua. It's, this is called my Makom Kavua, right? Um, in knowledgeable circles, it is considered extremely acceptable that if you, you're regular and you come to shul and someone is sitting in your seat, it's considered acceptable to say, excuse me, please, but that's my Makom Kavua. Would it be okay if you found another place to sit? Here's another seat. That, that would not be considered rude would be considered rude to say, that's my makom kavua, move. That would be considered rude. But excuse me, that's my makom kavua is not considered rude. Again, makom kavua means my fixed place, right? So it is taken for granted that people, I think, have better kavana if they're in a place where they feel comfortable. The ein dai bimashi kvalo betakneset It's not just, you should have a regular shul that you daven in. Even in a shul that is your usual shul, you should also have your usual seat. And again, Literally, I think they're thinking of a seat. In my mind, I look at the way of Temple Bethel morning minion functions and I think of a zone, right? It's, it's clear to everyone. Everyone has their general zone where they sit. Um, it's very funny. I, uh, Terry, I, I think of your table as it's the women's table, right? It, it's not our gendered discrimination. It's just de facto. It's people, women coming into shul to say Kaddish who, um, aren't regulars and terry is very gracious and helps them and shows them the page and and shepherds them through the process so it's like okay they, they, they you should sit at terry's table right so i think we all have an intuitive sense of this okay question comment by the way yeah. when do you what well, wait wait when do you, when are you supposed to change your place in shul does anyone know when you are supposed to change your place
0: that's actually my, what's going to be my question. I know that right. there's a practice to change your place when you're mourning. And um, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask, um, I've heard different reasons over the years. So are there, are there multiple reasons or is there the reason or what, what is? What the,
1: halacha, is the, halacha, the halacha rarely gives a reason. So, Joanna, what do you think is the reason? So, I've because heard. There probably is no. There probably is no the reason. So, what do you, do you think?
0: I've heard two reasons over the years. One is it calls attention to the fact, like when you see someone not sitting in their regular place, it spark. It hopefully sparks a thought in other people. Oh, something is wrong. Maybe I should, you know, if I don't already know, Good. find out and offer support. Good. And Good. the other one is kind of like you know. An ayin hara kind of thing. Like, you know, we've had enough bad happen to us. You know, let's move somewhere else so that the ayin hara doesn't find us and send more bad things
1: to our family. Okay. Any any other thoughts? Any other reasons people have heard or can come up with or can imagine? We got two. How about uh, to cause some discomfort? Good. Go, Go on a little bit. Say another sentence. Well, just uh, like many other things in mourning, you sit in a, in a chair that's uncomfortable. And uh, so sitting in a different place, I would think, would make you, as you say, a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so I, if you don't mind, Jeff, I'm going to reframe that a little bit because I'm Please. a psychiatrist. So I'm going <laughs> to say it in shrinky talk, psychological minded language. Um, it expresses, it enacts one's sense of dislocation. Right. It is an expression of I am dislocated in the world, not in my comfort zone. Um, I don't remember. I should know this off the top of my head. And I don't remember. Does anyone remember for how long you're supposed to change your seat? I think it's 30 days. Does anyone remember that from when you when you you know read that book? You know, the Jewish way and death and mourning, something like that. Uh, I'll look it up. I think it's for 30 days. Um, it's definitely not for the year and it's not just for Shiva because normally in Shiva, you'd be at home davening. So I think it's actually for the 30 days you're supposed to, if anyone can look that up between now and next week and give me an answer or, you know, or, or someone will look it up online in the next four minutes before we stop and give us the answer. Okay. So it is a, it's not a, you should, it is a minhag. It's a custom of grieving to change your regular seat in shul, so now we have three reasons for it. Or my re- my reframing of Jeff's, if it's different enough, then we have four reasons for it. Okay,
0: um, I've, heard an, I've heard
1: another reason. To, a fifth reason, Michael. In in an effort to change your luck, I've heard the phrase uh, in Yiddish, which is roughly translated as "change your place, change your luck." Oh, I think that I think that's jo- yes, I think that's Joanna's second reason. Oh, I missed Ayin that. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't say luck in 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 Jewish. We say avoid the ayin harah. That is our way of, oh, okay. of reframing the luck thing. Okay. You're walking in to say the Amida. Let's say you're coming late or whatever. You should walk in. Okay. This is different than walking while they say the Amida. Okay. You should walk in at least two doors worth, okay? If you're just inside the door a little, it looks like you don't really want to be here. I just came into the room five inches to be here, okay? So you don't do that. Unless, by the way, unless your seat is the one next to the door and that's your makom kavuha. All right. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I want to read that one. And This is about not davening right in front of pictures or paintings on the wall because it might be distracting to you. Okay. I love this one. Maybe we'll conclude with this one. Again, you have to think of farmers and peasants, not our synagogues. If someone was saying the Amida, paragraph 27, the Hishin Tanok Tino Beved and a little child started to urinate in synagogue. You have to imagine little children without diapers, okay, and a earthen floor, yishtok, you stop saying your amida. We will get to what if you have to yawn, belch, or fart during the amida. The Shulchan Aruch covers all of those things. Okay? Um, um So what if, you know, the kid is peeing right next to me? You stop. Okay. What would you do in shul if a little kid peed on the earth floor? What, what did they do? The answer is someone would bring over a pitcher of water and they would pour water on the pee Okay. To like, um, to what's the word? Dissipate it okay and it would soak into the ground instead of there being a smelly little ident- easily identifiable pee spot so you wait till someone does that oh you have to leave for amot, or you walk 6 feet in front of that or to the side or you leave shul and finish your davening which is very interesting because we think you stand with your feet together and you don't walk around okay so if something vile and disgusting happen next to you that's going to make it totally impossible to concentrate, then you actually move and you leave shul to go to another place to dock. And with that pungent final halacha, um, I think we will call it a day. I'll pause for questions or comments. Um sorry, I should have said this at the beginning. We're not going to meet next week. It's cholamoe. The schedule is going to be different. Plus, it's the first day of... um minion in the shul and zoom minion, I anticipate it could be a little bit buggy and uncertain in terms of how it's going to work. And so we will resume after Pesach, God willing. So basically, what we have here is we started out with laws of how you connect to community, what it means to be part of the community, both the time, the place, but also as an individual, but you know, you're with the community, you you can't dive in on your own. Within the community, within the room, you have a fixed place that's your comfort zone. Okay. And then we're going to have all kinds of halafot coming uh, up. Someone try to remind me next time we're up to paragraph, um, we're up to chapter 89, C99. I say, where are we? Um, the answer is 89. Um, you know, I think we're, we, we moved it. Yeah, this is how weird how it goes. Maybe we're 91. 91. I think. 91. Um, and we're going to have more about um, how you establish your, your zone, uh, what's disruptive, what's distracting, um, whether or not you can sit down during the Amidah, and then, Terry, I promise eventually we will get to Kavanah for the first paragraph of the Amidah, which is what you wanted us to get to. But I figured, okay, we're doing the Shulchan Aruch and the Amidah we will start at the beginning. It'll, it'll take us a few weeks to go through it, Um, I'm not going to read every single thing like, is it permitted to recite in the bath, the shaman, the bathhouse, which is what's on the screen right now. So um, uh, I'm going to try to pick the things that I think that are generally more um, relevant to us. Um, Let me see you all before I depart and stop screen sharing. Okay. any final questions, comments, thoughts before we ring off?
0: I don't know if everyone just uh, saw what I put in the chat. I could not find in Maurice Lam's book the answer to the question. You know, looking quickly, I googled it. There's an interesting article um, um, that the Eretz Chenda Institute has published in, you know, kind of in that Sheilao Chuba format. And the link is in the chat. If anybody wants to explore that question about changing your seat when boarding,
1: and I'll research it also. Okay. Everyone have my Yiddish is not very fluent. I think you're supposed to say "Azisa under Kasher at Pesach." Thank you. All right, you. and try to have havana and joy despite these COVID times continuing. Whether you're in person, in person saders or Zoom saders or some combination, and.